Welcome to Essie's Hour of Love, episode 15 with Sandy Harari. But before I tell you about our guest, I'd like to tell you about our first sponsor, which is LMHQ. LMHQ is a a membership club and event space that provides a place to brainstorm, socialize, network, and collaborate in Lower Manhattan. So it stands for um, Lower Manhattan Headquarters, which is right near my work. And um, they let us... uh, record this interview there and um Tracy who organizes all the events is amazing and I adore her so I I am very grateful that uh, that she allowed us to do that so today's um episode is Sandy Harari who is really my boss um one of my bosses at um at Barker and she is a wonderful incredible creative director and I'll always make it her claim to fame that she designed the poster for the movie Mystic River by Clint Eastwood, which is stunning. And I've wanted her to come on for so long, but she's a busy woman and she's got two beautiful young kids and a very, um, very, very full on job. So it's hard to lock her down, but I finally got her and I got to hear the story of how she met her husband, which which I've sort of heard tiny little bits around the office, but I always tell her to like, be quiet. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it fresh on the podcast. So this is the really the first time that um, I got to really know, um, know about her story, which I loved. So I was so grateful she came on and, and I really hope you enjoy it. Bye. Cool. cool. Wait, I'm going to put the timer on. So, cause we can't really run over this time. All right. So I've been dying to do this since. Well, I, I, that well, kind of because you alluded that there was a story, a story like ages ago. But you know what the funny thing is, is that we met on a date. We we oh yes we did we <laughs> met by um, speed dating. Yeah, a little bit different. Right. Um, but it was like a internship at FIT, an internship program where they invited all agencies to come, and then all of us had five minutes with each right. agency. So it worked out. Yeah, so we had you five, were our first date. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah, we had a first date. So you're kind of my boss. Yes. And you're going. To, I'm going to interview. <laughs> um, so I would love. To like go way back, okay, and like, what were you like in <laughs> in the dating world? Just always in the dating world, I was the non-dater. I was the um, really happy single, didn't like anybody, hated dating, hated like if someone wasn't somebody that I wanted to spend time with, I didn't, I didn't find value in like the thirty minutes even. I hardly wanted to do coffee. I found it, um, I'm like that person where if your friends go to a bar and your friends are really into just talking to strangers because it's fun, like who cares? Yeah. And the person is like, can we please, can we just be with each other? Right. Or can I be alone? Um, so it made me a terrible dater. Um, I didn't care if by putting myself into it was like the best way to you know, ensure that I got married or anything. I didn't care about the odds. I was like, just I think very selfish about my time. So, and I was happy alone. So I'm like very much an introvert. That's where I get my energy. So I just didn't need, I didn't need, I felt like I didn't need it in a yeah. weird way. 
So what would happen is, A, I just want to say in high school and college, like, I had, like, maybe one boyfriend for 10 minutes. Like, I wasn't a dater. Yeah. I had to, like, force myself. Um, and, and, I, and I had a habit of dating, of falling in love with my best friends. And that's pretty much what I've done three times in 40 years, whatever, 25 years or something. Um, Your guy best friends. My guy best friends. Yeah. And that was sort of, like, my formula without realizing it. So in college, I probably, you know, fell for, like, someone around me who made me laugh, who I was around enough and then went on some dates with them. That happened a couple of times. And then when I was maybe 20, oh, and then I met a guy in college, again, a best friend who I dated for like seven years. Oh. And then we were, yeah, before before my husband, there was another. Um, and then, you know, and then I was sort of single for a while. And then I met you know, sort of had a situation with my husband, but then again was single for probably like six, seven years, and like I didn't care. So that was so. Anyway, so okay. I was a bad dater. I was okay, a terrible, right. terrible dater. Okay. Yeah. So all right. So then, how did you get married? <laughs> how did it work out? Um, and I'm sure it's funny. Like even in thinking about this, like my story, I was trying to remember if I was ever like freaking out that. Oh my God, I'm in my 30s. I'm later in my 30s. And like, it's not happening. I need to make babies. And I don't remember because I think I was nervous, but I still wasn't going to do anything like aggressive about it. Do you think that New York was just had a different vibe with that? There's not as much pressure in in that whole area? Um, like compared to maybe your friends, I think it depends who your friend circles are. Yeah, I would I would argue it that way because I know people who are uh, obsessive about it, and all their friends are dating, and they're dating, and there's pressure to potentially get married or, you know, or have a child or whatever it is. The pressure to be married before thirty or to have babies before forty. I think that that comes from your friends, and my high school friends that I'm still very close with, they all got married when they were like. 21, 22. Because where did you grow up? Where? So I grew up in like deep Brooklyn, came out of a like Syrian, Jewish, um, Orthodox upbringing. And like people got married in high school where I'm from. So um, if you didn't get married in high school, you definitely got married by college, after college, and you had several children before you were 30. I was a little bit of maybe like the black sheep, um, you know, a little rebellious in terms of my culture. I, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see the world. I wanted to marry, you know, I wanted to date non-Jews. I wanted to see everything outside of my culture. I wanted nothing to do with it. So I think. So you were a bit of a nightmare so for your for your mom. I was. I was a ticking bomb, really. Um, I was a ticking bomb because I pretty much refused to date Jews, not on purpose, but I just didn't find it exciting. Maybe. Right. So. I'd say the three relationships I had in my lifetime were all with people who were not really Jewish. So that was a problem. Right. Um, and they knew that about me. I think I was just seeked the otherness in people. So if I went to day camp, I was, you know, even if it was a primarily Jewish camp, I'd I'd find a way to make friends with, like, the only black child and Indian woman, like, you know, or kid yeah. in the entire camp. You know, those are my friends. Yeah. So And I did that at, like, nine. So... You know, it's funny. I have kids now, so I always think like, "Wow, they are—they are born the way they are. Like they are—they are like fully formed personalities." You see it at like three months. You know, it's reiterated at six, at one, at two, at three. Yeah. And when I look back to me at like eight or nine or ten, I see the exact same things that like played into my like dating choices when I was in my twenties. Um, partial rebelliousness against my parents, but also. It's deep need to seek otherness. So I think I was just attracted to people who were just not where I was from. And I had this like deep refusal to just fit in at every stage. Um, 
I'm not like that as much now, but sometimes I get excited thinking I was that person once. Yeah. Does that make any sense? It does, a lot. But it was it because the culture that you grew up with was so... So insular. Yeah. So, like, it felt... It, it was this constant sense so, of what else is out there. And which is so interesting because it's in New York City. It, and it was shoved down my throat. I feel like there was no choice. Like, you know, even though I had a beautiful, like, upbringing, I'd say my first... Um, I don't know, like elementary school years were lovely and I went to this really kind of progressive Jewish day school and it was really like, religion was sort of like whatever, it was more like about culture and it was fun. Um, I think it was high school that actually did it to me. I went to like a very, very religious, very strict school. And Why I think, did the switch? Why? Um, I think my mom didn't like the road I was going down, uh. I had to be honest. Like, I think she saw that I was, she was getting more religious, my community was getting more religious, and I think she could see that I was walking down a road of slight otherness. I had two younger siblings that were 10 years younger than me, and she made the decision when I was going into high school to take them out of that progressive little day school and throw them into like a a very, um, a more severe yeshiva kind of upbringing. Yeah. um, To put them on a particular maybe road. So, So I'm in this high school where um, so you've already it, seen differentness, and that, that bit, it's sort yeah. of taken away from you. And somewhat, like, or religion was just like whatever. Like it was like Judaism was just sort of like um, about like eating latkes on Hanukkah and getting yeah. presents and singing songs. Yeah, like being it was fun being Catholic was, and you just cool. have you know celebrate Christmas and maybe a bit of Easter. And then I went to a school where you had to um, you know pray three times a day, yeah. and um, it was intense. You know, I was in school from seven thirty in the morning till seven thirty at night. I had like. 12 Hebrew subjects and you know part of it I got into because I can obsess about anything so I was like you know into it to some degree but I also think I was sort of like um I think it was it was too much and I think it made me you know so what I did with my friends was seek I wanted to like crash you know public school parties yes you know, so it started then, I guess, yeah. is what I'm saying. So um, we were talking about dating and right, and me being a ticking bomb. And by the time, so then I, you know, I graduate high school. I go to Brooklyn College. I, you know, I think it's like my fourth year where I finally date some guy who's kind of like maybe half kind of Jewish. And he's kind of like this really intense guy. He's pretty scary. And my parents were like, okay, great. This is like your first guy you're finally dating. You're like 21. And um and and it was intense, and he was pretty scary. And anyway, he he was he was a good practice um, guy to date on. I was not in love. No. How I long wasn't. was he around for? It was probably a year and a half. Okay. And it was a real, but it was a real relationship. It was a, very intense. My mother did not approve, and um, and I think she could see through him. Um, she's really good. Even though my mother like freaks out at the idea of not being with someone Jewish and all that, she is able to sort of divorce herself and have a quick read on the humanity of the person. And right. she had a quick read on him, but like this guy's no good. And she was right. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't good. I know, but as a twenty-one-year-old, you're not seeing um, the same thing. Didn't matter. So anyway, intense, bad relationship, great to practice on. Yeah. In many ways, because um, this is really like. The, my the first start. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you enjoy it? Like, did you enjoy having a relationship? I enjoyed the idea of dating. I enjoyed, um, like, having... I, I remember thinking, I'm not in love, but this is really good practice, Arena, because I will be one day. One day, yeah. Like, he was really the first guy I had sex with, and I was, you know, petrified about the fact that, like, I was sort of the joke 
as they tell everybody. I was sort of the joke in college because I was pretty much the only virgin yeah. in our entire circle. You know so, that you and I have a very similar story. Okay. <laughs> so it became like there were like bets going on of like if you know she, if, I forget it was like almost traumatizing but fun and it became such a big joke and like yeah. years later I forget that that even it happened. It becomes sort of your identity for a while at that point, yeah. and then it's gone. So you know people were taking bets on like you know if it doesn't happen by then this person's gonna have to like take her out of her misery or something. Like all my best friends yeah. were like volunteering. I'll, I'll, I'll I, do that for you if it doesn't work out. I had the and volunteers so, as well. I was, never forget on my 21st birthday, one of my guy friends was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do like, it. I was like, what? I didn't, see, I didn't know that about you. Um, it's funny. And I think it also, I always say it allowed me to... Um, not having ex- like early sexual experiences before I was mature, I think is what very almost freed me sexually, but also made me not like super fucked up. Like I don't explain this, but I felt like so many people are so messed up about sex and things, and I don't know, I can't explain it. But because I was such an adult by the time I was doing anything, I was just. I can't explain it. I didn't have hang-ups. I didn't have... You'd, yeah. I didn't have any of that stuff that I've seen around me or I've met people where I'm like, whoa, you know, like where I, I would attribute it with honestly like getting... Um, going there too early, I would say. You know, now it scares me to know that people are doing things at like 10, 12, 13, 14, but even for me, if I was 15, that would have been way too early. I yeah. was 21. I know when you do, when you think back that... Like, a lot of my friends in high school started having sex probably around, like, 14, 15. Um, and then, like, and then 21-year-old to a 14-year-old, that's a, like, there's a lot of life that's lived in between right. then. And, and also with a guy, what I think about, though, is also having then sex with, say, like, a 16-year-old guy who's never had to know a woman's body or what happens with a woman's body. Right. Or, like, if, then you have sex with someone who's older as well had seen a bit and done a bit it's a completely different experience it's a totally totally different experience and um you know and I, I just think it was also like there's none of those like I don't know all the insecurities that would play into being 15 or 16 were were not present yeah and uh it made it sort of fun and interesting were you still I guess living it was at like home a science project I was living yeah I was living at home because I went to a college where I, I mean I rollerbladed to college and lived at home you rollerbladed so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we um yeah now this happened while I was in college he offended every friend I had everything was a big ultimatum it was a very I, I keep saying intense because I think I got I got well, physically like he, sick from it. But was he like a bit of a dick? Is that like what? He was, um, dick wouldn't be the right word, self-righteous, uh. messed up maybe slightly, but like in a deep, deep in way that you can't tell till you get inside. Yeah. Um, until you know them. Until you see it. He was, uh, I don't know, he, he was... He was interesting, but he was, I, I guess you would describe him as a piece of work. Everybody yeah. looks back and they're like, wow, Larry, that happened. I <laughs> uh, can't believe you did that. He was like 6'3". He was a bodybuilder, right? Sandy's so I'm, I'm under 5'8". Yeah. He, um, he, um, I had the best workouts of my life. I uh, challenged him to give me Madonna arms. I still attribute any muscle toning that I have underneath my skin to, to the days of Larry. <laughs> It was intense. I was bench benching eight, 80 pounds over my head, um, but he was—he was just very intense, and it wasn't right for me. So, um, so did that yes. after that one, after that year and a half, did that like not scar you, but like did that? Yes. Um, I think I got the. Thing. I, I guess it was awesome to have that under my belt. Yeah. And it wasn't scarring. I walked away free as a bird. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then the next guy was. Um, film. I, I stayed extra and in. in in school to kind of double major and I, I studied film 
So I, I must have been in school for like five and a half years of college. And during that, I think it was sort of like that last year that I was in class with a guy who I was just uh, very, he was very funny, very charismatic, charmer, total womanizer. And um, and I totally, I kind of fell hard. Yeah. He, he, you know, we became best friends. He was as non-Jewish as they come. So he was full, full blood non-Jew. Uh, wanted to, he was I guess does that mean full blood non-Jew Larry was kind of half Jewish oh, yeah, didn't grow up Jewish like, I could fall like you know I could you could you could, get, could, it, yeah. I could get a pass yeah um, you know and, and why this matters is because I didn't know anyone who I've ever known growing up in any of my spheres high schools you know all of, or high school through you know elementary through high school who's ever ever dated or married a non-Jew wow. no family member ever so it just doesn't happen where I come yeah. from. It's just an absolute no-no. You get, like, excommunicated. Um, so that's why it's, I guess it's such a big deal. I think for New York Jews who are more liberal, it's sort of like, what's the big deal? But for where I came from, it was huge. So I was always just so aware of what I was doing. I have to say I was that, crossing a line. Yeah, and the New York Jews that I know, there's still an element where they're they kind of want to marry another Jew. Totally. Like, even as liberal as they come, they're still like, yeah, it's just nice. It's like the one thing it's you're kind of yeah. supposed to do, and it also feels like it'll be easy or yeah. good, and I want Jewish children, and it's like the one thing they do, right? Yeah. They're not kosher, they might not be this, they might celebrate some holidays, and both they'll kind of marry a yeah. Jew. So, now, meanwhile, i am been kosher all my life, so I have some, like, weird religious things that I do, which made it even crazier, maybe, that I had some personal religiosity about me or rituals, but yet, um, but yet the when love it came life. to love, yeah. it didn't matter, you know. And, and I always look back to this one moment where I was in high school with my three high school friends, and we were, I found my high school friends because we were all maybe misfits slightly in our own way. And yeah. one of them said, What would you happen if, what would happen to you if you fell in love with an Anjou? And we went around in a circle, and I remember each one had a different answer. Nobody would marry the person, some people wouldn't have dated. Some people would have stopped at a certain point. And I remember very vividly, now this hadn't happened to me, saying, there's no way I would walk away from love. Like, there, there's no way. Like, I knew deep in my heart that I felt like it, love is so deep and personal. And, and I don't know if I thought there would only be one in this universe, but I didn't think I could consider religion getting in the way of a deep love. Like, I knew it. That seemed crazy to me, actually. Ludicrous. Yeah. For all the reasons that I seeked otherness and didn't, some of the religiosity just never mattered to me about people. I just knew that if I had the unique, you know, opportunity to actually fall deeply, madly in love, there was no way I would say, no, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'll say, I'm going to wait for the next one. Um, and the way that I, I kind of look at it is like, I don't see how you could have a choice, but I do now. I mean, the more I look around. Some people around, do. Yeah. Some people know how to cross a line or they're... There's many factors. They're deeply incapable of deeply loving to that level someone who isn't Jewish and right. not like there's something stopping them. It's part of... Of what they're able to give, if that makes any sense. That's yeah. what I've come to believe. Well, it's a part of what they've decided also is in the category of love. Or it's and what's attractive to yeah. them. They may be very attracted right. to um, someone who is like, deeply of the cloth that they came from. I might have been deeply cloth, maybe deeply attracted on some level to someone who wasn't, you know? Like, if you look at my track history, I think I was either excited by or I had a deep love by it or I just didn't care because all I was looking at was how do they make me feel and do they understand me. So where does, where so, does Dom come into this? First there was the cop. The cop? So that was the seven year just to say oh, yeah. I basically meet this charismatic actor guy um, when, you know 
went to high school with performing arts, all that, and um, we become really good friends. It's, uh, you know, and I watch him date like a billion girls, and it was like, probably so you year really two. are the friend. Oh, like I'm the best friend. Oh, I'm the best friend who's helping him pick up girls. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, you know, but like, but then we're, you know, in the middle of the week, you know, we're going to get frozen yogurt and talk about stuff, and like, we become best friends, and we're together all the time, and over time, of course, I fall for him, and you know, I'm in Florida at my friend's house crying that I've fallen in love with my best friend, and then I have to tell him. It was very, you know, it was a big how deal. How was the telling? I don't remember how it all went down. I have to be honest, like, I told him, and I think he somewhat had those feelings for me, and then, honestly, I think we, like, I, I, we sort of slipped into, yeah. basically. We already kind of half had a relationship. Messing around anyway. while we yeah. were best friends, and then we fell in love, and then we really dated. So we dated for quite some time, but in the middle of all that, he also became a cop. So now I'm dating a New York City cop who becomes an undercover invest, gang investigator. I'm like sleeping with a gun under my bed the whole bit. Um, but he's still this charismatic actor guy who can't help. People just fall for him around mm-hmm. him. My mother um, didn't know we were dating, so we hid this for her from year, for a few years. Um, but she was very friendly with him. Like, because we were best friends, he was driving my mom places. Yeah. She was in love with him. And that was, like, my first moment of understanding that my mom could sort of, she could just, it meant so much to me that she, like, loved him as a human being. When she found out that we were dating and I came out to her, it, she couldn't even look him in the face. But at least I knew I had her weird humanity blessing. Yeah. So that relationship ends, and I won't get into the why and all that, but Dom, um, so now I'm 27, and I'm starting a new job, and I'm just getting out of my relationship with um, our cop guy, who actually quit, became a history teacher, just so you know, and oh. now he's moved on to become a principal of schools and all that, so he works with children. He sounds like a really interesting he guy. He is an interesting guy. Um, Do so, you still talk? No, we no. don't talk. Okay. We kept in touch for quite some time. He knows I went on, married Dom and all that. He knows all about, you know, like we kept in touch with each other as we continued to have kids once a year and now we're out of touch. So Dom, um, so I start a, uh, I'm an art director at an ad agency. I start my job. It must have been like day three. I don't even know. And um, I, for some reason, everyone has an office. Like there's too many offices in this building. Is this at Gray? This is at Gray. Yeah. And um, Dom... Is sort of like, sort of like a, he's 23 at the time, and he and he presents as sort of like a kid, but like a really fun kid. And I'll never forget being in my office, working at my computer, and someone walks in, kind of. I guess he's like flying his defiant, um, like spaceship. Like he had model, you know, like he had he's, a toy he's into Star Trek. Yeah. Okay. So this is Deep Space Nine. <laughs> and he flies his defiant into my office, like something like that. That's my memory of it. And. Um, so I don't know if he's making a kid sound with the like, nah, yeah. I don't know if he's doing that. But somehow he has the defiant in his hand. He's flying into my office. And somehow I have that's my memory. I don't know if that was truly the first moment or not. But that's like this very like, I'll, I don't know why I never forget that moment. Um, but other than that, we're basically in const- constant meetings, meaning... Um, I just joined the, you know, I joined the department and you're being briefed and all of a sudden you're seeing that there's like seven hang or eight on, other art on, directors hang around on, you. Hang what? on, what? So the, he flies the thing I into I don't know what office. happens next. You don't like. I just remember 
you know how like when you start a new job and people just sort of like bump into you yeah. or they're like, oh, hey, I'm Esther and I'm Sandy and I'm the like, I feel like it was that that may have been the first moment he was like, hey, I'm Dom. But I don't remember the hello, I'm Dom. I remember the defiant. Just, uh, okay. okay. I remember him stumbling into my office with the defiant. It's possible we met a moment earlier or a day earlier. I got an introduction, but I have so this vivid memory of guy in my office with Defiant, you know, like guy likes Star Trek, <laughs> guy likes Star Wars, like I, I, you know, and at this, and I'm a major Trekkie and I really into comic books, so I, I just noted that maybe to myself, or, and then he seemed funny or fun. Yeah. Um, another vivid memory was we were constantly in meetings where you'd get briefed on a creative assignment with other art directors, and he'd be one of them, and I remember also just working alongside his skill set, meaning I would be like, what's he all about? What's he going to come up with? Because we'd all get briefed, and then, like, five hours later, we'd all be back in the room looking at each other's work and having to, you know, kind of show what we've been up to. And I remember also marveling at at what he came up with. Like, I just remember thinking, like, ah, he's got skills. Like, he... um, And he's pretty much my ultimate creative genius. Um, But back then, I remember sort of sizing him up and and realizing he was good. that's so attractive. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the, the first... The second assignment, like, I also remember... Like feeling really proud that I won, like this feeling of like it was it was a children's book cover um, for like a Golden Books Barbie thing. So you know I'm a girl, so maybe I had the advantage. But um, I remember feeling really cool that like I love what he did, but that like I'm like they chose mine, cute. Um, and I think we constantly had that really awesome camaraderie slash competition among like between us because we worked alongside each other for four years, having to create stuff sometimes on the same accounts, yeah. and it was sort of like best idea wins, and sometimes just alongside each other. Would you say your work got better because you had that um, you know, that push and that drive? I think at first, definitely. I think once we ended up having a complicated relationship, I think my work suffered because oh. I think I was I was dealing with emotions. So now we'll get into us. Okay. So now I become friends with... So we, very similar to the sort of my cop story, you know, we become friends. He's having a very dramatic relationship with a woman in the office. I'm having... I'm getting out of my relationship. And we start sort of maybe, I don't know, smoking cigarettes, doing taking cigarette breaks. I was sort of always a casual smoker. He's sort of half smoking. And um, and we become fast friends. Like any work relationship that you see all the time, some of them platonic, some not, where before you know it, you're probably out at a bar after work all the time, right. you know, talking. Um, my memory's hazy on like how long different pieces of it happened but let's just say we were very close he was having a dramatic relationship he sort of got out of that relationship but I think similar again to that guy I met in the film class he definitely had that very charismatic um, I don't want to say womanizer but he definitely I feel like he dated a few women in the office in some way Yeah, you know like that was the word on the street when I got there but he was also 23 and super cute and really funny and he was having a good time it's also New York City so right right so he could have been like it may have just been a flirtation with one and a dating another but you know and what was Gray thought of at that time as an agency Gray was horrible we were actually at Gray Entertainment which was an offshoot so we were protected as being a cute awesome boutique that dealt with entertainment at the time we then morphed into another company dealing with um, youth um, basically anything having to do with youth and entertainment which was a great place to be at the time so it was pretty much the original like millennial company 
So you you were feeling pretty cool being I was feeling really cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Gray was like the um, you know, the the big gray, ugly, uncreative giant down the street. We were really an awesome, awesome group. Um and so yeah, no, we felt we were in a hot place to be at the time. Yeah. Um so so anyway, I think it was sort of like word on the street was like stay away for a minute. You know what I mean? Like if somebody was if I was like oh, From Dom. Yeah, like yeah. what about Tom? Like I felt like the the it was sort of like yeah, you know, like as if we weren't gonna have a serious thing or something um so you know so we become so we become good friends and then I think I don't know how many months into it but basically we were at uh, a bar and I got to meet all his friends and I was constantly hanging out with all his friends we were drinking with his friends all the time and he his first like pickup line was basically he whispered something dirty to me late at a bar and I remember being like shocked but excited, like really. <laughs> and well, I remember. Do you already like him now, though? I don't. I think yes. I think yeah. I was like excited by him. I don't know. Like I'm sure I you thought about it. Yeah. I was intrigued. We were really close. We were talking all the time. We we're hanging out all the time. And I think that's how. I guess that's how it started. Again, timeline hazy. But before you know it, <laughs> we're having a basically an affair. Um, because he's still with. So, no, and this uh, is where I'm trying to, like, this is where timeline is hazy. Um, I felt like we were friends who were kind of half messing around, and he um, he started d- dating someone, but I don't think he wasn't dating her when we first met. He was sort of, like, casually dating someone who became sort of a real relationship. And again, like, I don't know why, like, my memory's so hazy. I don't remember what happened first. Yeah. But before we knew it, um, we were sort of, like, friends who were in love and having sort of a sexual tryst. And I felt like it was on again, off again, while he was sort of continuing to date a, a new person who was... And you knew? She, I, I met her. She did not work in our office. And I found her, her like, a, a formidable foe, I would call it. Like, I was sort of jealous of her. Like, I liked everything she was about. And so I also went out with her and everything. So, like, it was there were pauses to our relationship. It's oh. hard to explain. I felt like, and it's funny, if I asked him, he'd probably be like, no. He'd set the record straight and be like, it didn't happen like that. It happened like this. Because it all, like, blurs when I look back for some reason. But just the, so, so the way that you described it then, though, I just want to clarify it, though, was because it sounded like it was all happening at the same time. So you knew he was starting a new relationship. There was or because you guys when were kind we started, of I don't think there was he was in any situation. I felt like we had one of those things where like maybe you know I can't remember like if we actually if I really dragged out as being platonic for quite some time and it wasn't until he was in that relationship that something happened or did we mess around a little bit and then so, sort of like we weren't yeah. trying to make it into a thing. thing we were friends way. first. Yeah. We really were friends first. Yeah. And it wasn't until we became even closer, and he was slightly dating someone. I do know that when it, I don't do know that when he was sort of cheating on her with me, at, at least at the very beginning, it, he was very casually dating someone. It wasn't like I, he was in a massive relationship, yeah, yeah. and then we. It was all kind of cash. It was kind of yeah. cash, and it, and there was a lot of blurring the lines, and there were lots of pauses. Yeah. I mean, this probably doesn't sound like a very concrete story. No, but um, it sounds like but, reality. <laughs> So, um, but let's just say our relationship got, you know, we became extremely close, like best friends at the core. And um, we were, so anyway, and, I, and it's funny, I never thought I'd be like the other woman, but he was sort of, so he's sort of dating this woman, but then I sort of became, um, 
we were still out every night, you know, yeah. with our friends, with each other. He wasn't always seeing her. Sometimes he was. It wasn't a very serious relationship. And then we, you know, he or he'd be out with his friends and... I was the booty call, you know, I was the um, kind of booty call, but also the kind of like hanging out for nine hours in my apartment, talking, yeah. watching movies. That doesn't like, sound it wasn't like, like a, a booty call, no, it? no, I'm just going to come over not for 40 minutes. Not whatsoever. Yeah. Not whatsoever. It was the, um, kind I shouldn't like, say I, not whatsoever, but it was. I want to spend, I want to finish the night with you in some way. It was, we would spend like nine, ten hours straight. We'd stay up through the night and somehow go to work together the next day, not having slept. Um, and I felt like, uh, the 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 first nine hours of the ten hours were us like chatting and talking deeply about really weird things about the universe, about a movie, about our lives, and it was our I could say our sexual relationship was inextricable from our very deep sort of I want to call it a friendship, but whatever it is about knowing each other, yeah. and and I think for me in general. Getting involved with the guy was always uh, connected to that. Like I was the reason I could never have like a one night stand, or I could never just have sex with somebody. I could hardly even I can't even kiss someone, like yeah. unless I'm like deeply in love and I know everything about them. Um, and that's how it was with Tom. Like we were, it was just sort of one big thing. Um, so there was a stage of this time period though that um, we were deeply in love, even if we weren't. You know, I think at some point we put the kibosh on the whole thing. Like it was sort of like. Let's just stop, right, and let's become friends. And he was going to focus on this relationship. And um, the time we spent with each other was sometimes maybe hanging out with friends at a bar, but we we basically became platonic friends. But the the difficulty was he was and he basically wanted to focus and give this relationship his all because he felt like he owed it to her and to the situation. Um, but we both knew we were also still deeply in love, and that never went away. So he then worked on his relationship for years, and a few couple of those years we were working together. So how did you feel? So devastated. <laughs> Understood, devastated, in love, never getting over him. He didn't get over me. We were... Um, so why... We probably crossed that line maybe twice during that time, time period. Yeah. But, like, it was this... Um, I don't know, you know, and I'm sure there was an element of because I couldn't have him, I wanted him more. But, like, um, that those were, like, probably the worst years ever. Um, I was I couldn't concentrate on work. I couldn't... It was horrible. It was it was pretty horrible. Um, you know, I think I felt so deeply happy to know that I felt this way about another human being and knowing that they technically felt that way about me. But um, it was very, very painful because I was just watching. I felt like my future slip, um, like, right before my eyes. You know, I cried a lot. So, and maybe this is, like, you can't answer this, but... Why, if you if you if you both were feeling this way, why weren't you together? Um, I think he felt like he had a good relationship on his hands that he never worked properly on. So the potential. And he felt that he was sabotaging it by all the stuff that we were deal- yeah. dealing with. And I think he felt like he owed it to her and to himself. Um, he was maturing too. He was getting older. Yeah. I think he felt like he it was he wanted to kind of see what it could be. See what it could yeah. be and have a real relationship. And I understood that, and I think it, it made me love him more. Yeah. Right? And um, and I guess he always had your friendship as well. Yeah. So he was kind of, you know. Yeah, and I, I remember feeling that way, that, like, oh, he's getting his cake and eating it too, kind of. But what I didn't do was cut off knowing him and being with him. And I remember thinking I could do that as a ploy to get him to break up uh, with her. I could try to just div- 
literally extract myself out of his life. Sounds like you care about it. And then he'll miss me so much. No, but I was getting something out of it. Like, I I couldn't, I didn't have the strength to to separate myself. You still had him. I I, I needed to kind of know him. Um, so, so he focused on his relationship and he made it into a, you know, pretty good relationship. And there were, there was a time where I just didn't see him for very much at all. And, and so I actually eventually left this company. Um, and then I was on my own for four years and his relationship got, kept going, but I became very close with his friends. So I'd be out with his friends uh, all the time, the but every now and then if him and his girlfriend at the time would like meet us late night, it was always this like nervous, horrible situation where I just couldn't I didn't want to have to handle seeing them in love um, and it's funny I, I think it looked like a perfect relationship and I was just so jealous yeah. I was jealous of like everything she was I was jealous of her tattoos I was jealous <laughs> of her body and it's funny when he tells it he's like oh my god like it wasn't great you know it was like I was thinking of you the whole time and, and, then, and I'm like you know but at the time she was standing between like me and what I felt like was my deep love and yeah. um and were you dating at all and yet I was really time? friendly with her like when we were together cool. we were very not like even super fake like we got along really really well and she knew what our friendship was like she did she supposedly didn't know what it like what it transpired but she she knew the nature of how deeply we like loved each other yeah. or what our relationship you was like. You can't hide stuff like that, right. I don't think. Um, but were you dating at all in between this time? Um, no. So I spent at least um, no, because I can't. I can't date yeah. getting over someone or you know. So I probably spent a good two years trying to get over him, and then it took me. And then I finally did. So I finally did, and then I finally dated someone. Um, I met a guy who I, it was a short tryst, but it was really exciting and I was very like into it. And I would say it was only like a couple months, but for some reason, it helped me get over Dom. It was just a very different kind of person. And for some reason, I, I, I exited the situation over it. Yeah. And then I did eventually date actually a Jewish guy in advertising for one year. Whoa. That didn't really work out, but like I did, did actually date someone. Um, I think he met my mom and I don't think she was so into it. I oh. think she liked that he was, he didn't have really great respect for women. He, oh, he okay. grew up in a really weird household. But anyway, it didn't work out, fun at the time, but um, I did. So anyway, so I basically, dated a little bit but it took years Um, in the meantime Dom stayed in his relationship for six full years and it reached its eventual end and didn't work out and then he was um, ready you know to date other people and I don't again don't know the whole sequence of it but this is where it gets like interesting I guess he once he was done with that relationship he was ready to be with me and at that point I had moved on yeah so he was all like I'm here and he had actually like lost all this weight and he really got his life together and he was just doing so well and he was so attractive seeming and while we got together and had a drink and talked about stuff I was like kind of like I was already like once I really got over it I couldn't Mm -hmm. go back and I was convinced I didn't want to go back yeah Um, and so um, I even took him to my like a therapy session. Like I had seen a therapist like all my life, um, and she helped me a lot through these situations. But like we had a therapy session together, and I think he thought maybe in that session we'd get back together or something, or we'd finally date. But it was just to talk about our, my feelings, and I wasn't interested in getting back to getting together or finally dating properly. We yeah. never dated properly. And I was like, 
I'm over it, you know, go do your thing. And then he had a couple of relationships. And again, we stayed in touch. We saw each other every now and then. We were still deeply, I think, close inside, but we didn't spend a lot of time together. Um, we talked about our, you know, relationships, but I, I, you know, we were obviously always still thinking of each other. Um, so then... I think it was after my Jewish advertising guy relationship. I must have been now. I'm in my 30s. I'm probably 34. Um, I'm at an, I'm at the place that I'm at now, I think, or almost at. I'm trying to remember what the sequence was. So either way, some we're now like six, seven years later from yeah, when we met. Dom's still only like 29. He is... 30, 31. He's like 30, 31. I'm 34, 35. Somewhere around there. Um, He's now dated, you know, he's had two long relationships after the six-year one. I've had my one two-month thing that helped me get over him. And I had the one-year thing. You know what you can do in your 20s, isn't it? I know you can get a lot done. And now we finally, um, our entire relationship took place, I feel like, at the office and in a bar and at night. It just, that's the way, when we met to talk about dating, because we had a lot of false starts where we'd talk about whether we should date or not. And and so at this point where I'm maybe 34, I basically call him up and invite him to brunch. Brunch. And we've never had a morning <laughs> conversation. Like, I, I don't want to make it sound like, well, we were just drunk oh, all the time. Right, it wasn't right. that. But it was sort of like, I felt like it, the relationship was sort of like this underbelly seat. It always took places like this dark in the dark shadows. Yeah. And there was something about, um, you know, I realized I was not in a relationship anymore. And I realized I still deeply loved him. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to know if he still loved me. So um, it makes me want to cry. I know. I can see. You've got a beautiful so, smile on your face, though. So I'm living in the West Village, and now I move out of Brooklyn. I'm in this cute little apartment, and I bring and I basically invite him to brunch, this fancy little brunch. And I said, um, "Wait, did you cook or at a no? At a, okay, no." And I say, um, "No, we went out to brunch. I forget the name of the place." And I said, um, "I still love you. Do you love me?" He's like, "Yes." So we um, we finally decide to go on a real date. You have your first date. Yes. Um, and again, it's funny, we like, I don't remember which was the first and which was the second, but we went to see like, I don't know if it was V for Vendetta. Um, <laughs> we went to a date and we went to have French like food afterwards. Um, but we went on a real date, um, you know, and, and, and anyway, so from there on, took off our real relationship and we really dated. And we had great dinners, and we were both, you know, he was still at the same ad job. I was at a new one, um, and we were, um, we properly, magnificently dated. Um, And we very deeply fell right back into love, and it was very clear that this was the man I was going to marry. and it was, um, and it was so nice. It was sort of this, like, it did feel like it was a decade in the making. It did feel like... um, you know, it's funny when I was in during those years where I was trying to get over him and everybody was like, you were the other woman. It wasn't right. You nobody ever gets the guy. I, I remember feeling like this weird, like, well, some some of them get the guy. Yeah. Sometimes the other woman is the one you're supposed to be with. You know, and I, I remember feeling this deep conviction all through the, like, the hurt and the on and the off and the other relationships that like. But no, we're supposed to be together. Doesn't anyone understand? Doesn't like the world understand? We're, we're like. We're, we're perfect for each other. You know, like this deep, like, m- misunderstanding in the yeah. world that we weren't together. So, um, anyway. And it's funny because it didn't happen naturally. I did have to, like, go out of my way and ask him to brunch. Like, it wasn't yeah. going to happen on its own. 
I had to take stock of my life and go, I'm 34. There's a man in this world that I love. And goddamn, I'm going to fucking get him. Mm-hmm. Like, it was this feeling of, like, if there's any, like, stuff in there left, I'm going to make this happen because this is retarded. This is ridiculous. Like, get rid of all this shit. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think at that point in my life, I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, I love him. And, like, we're here, these two human beings in this world, and why are we not together? Well, that's one of my favorite things someone's ever said to me, though, is an opportunity is only something that you make of it. So, like, you have to, you knew you were in love. You knew, knew. that there was a yeah. person out there. So it's only going to be an opportunity if you make it one. Right. And, you know, it's funny because, like, going back to the moment where you're having this sort of incredible friendship turning a bit sexual kind of thing with Dom and then he decides to be with this other woman. It's also, like, what, he's... You guys are, like, early 20s. Like, you fi- you don't want to... You also probably don't want to be with the person you want to marry <laughs> Maybe, right, you just want to mess around. Yeah, it's not... Your brain isn't there. Your brain's not there. I don't think... It, and, yeah, I would. I, I think so. And, and I think even when we started dating, I think his brain was still, like... Like, I need a minute before kids and marriage. Not because of me, but because of, like... He felt very young. Yeah, I he think. was young. He was young. He's four years younger than me, and he's a guy, and I do think guys mature obviously on a different slightly different path and I think I don't know I think when you're in your 30s you feel like you're still in your 20s um so we did we we dated for a while I feel like we we waited till the last possible second to get married to get engaged get married and have children so from that date that first date to then marriage how long was um it probably took uh, three years, I did would you, say. Did you feel a calmness though when you first when you started the dating? Um, that you're like, okay, now I've got, my, yeah, I can now just enjoy this yeah. because I was in a really confident place in my life. I felt like I had already had enough situations or dating. Again, like for a normal person, they probably date hundreds of people, but for me, I probably had like dated four people in 15 years. But it was enough to know that I'd arrived. Um, I felt confident it was going to work out. It's not that we didn't have, never had fights or we didn't have dramatic moments, but I, I knew. Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew. Like, I, yeah, I did feel that sense of calm. Um, I felt the only anxiety I felt was I felt like I needed to rush him. I felt bad that I was four years older. I felt bad that I wanted to have kids. I felt like I had to, um, I felt like I wish we had time. Yeah. There was, there was, there's been regrets-ish on both of our parts that we didn't work it out earlier, that we that we wasted time, but not major, not like, oh my God, we needed to take that time. You know what I mean? I think that we had children, we got married and had children late, and I think sometimes we're like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have, you know, have done that earlier, to have dated, you know, less years or whatever, and then, um, and then we realized we wouldn't be exactly where we are, obviously, yeah. right now, and we wouldn't have the children we have now if we, if anything had happened differently, and maybe we wouldn't be as intensely. Um, there's, you know, there's obviously something very deep that connects us after all of that, and our relationship is so sound because of all of it. Yeah, it's the fabric of what created the foundation. We've been through so much together, you know that. Um, we might not have the marriage we have right now if we didn't go through all of that together. You know, a deep appreciation of being with each other has come out of it for sure. So, how would you how would you explain how would you explain your marriage, like the, the um, or the not married like the your relationship now? Um, I would say it's still deeply built on a very um, strong and complicated friendship. Um, I would say it still has like the kind of the, the excitement and fire that it did back then in a weird way because it's sort of like, um, 
you know, I felt like we, I said this the other day, but like I felt like we were, um, I felt like we thought we were having sex when we were really falling in love, like deeply in love. And I think our relationship has always been this like, like perfect fusion of that, that the fire and the excitement of, of the affair in a weird way, yeah. mixed with this amazing, amazing, solid um, foundation of, under, of deep understanding, I would say. Um, I think we have a deep mutual understanding of each other, of where we come from. I think it's really, like, I think he's always naturally gotten me, understood where I came from, respected everything. Like, you know, he really appreciates all, you know, and that's, a, that's like love, right? When the other yeah. person really, really appreciates all the things that make you who you are. They can handle all the sucky parts about you. Um, so I think there's a, I think that that deep appreciation is there, you know, like if he was going to wax poetic about me, I'd be very happy with the things he pulled out. Does that make any sense? And if I were to talk about why I'm in love with him, I think he would be very pleased to hear the, the, the reasons why, you know what I mean? And there, um, I don't know, does that answer yeah, the question? The big question is, how does your mom feel about it? <laughs> oh, that's another piece. Um, my mother, um, she... It's like so late in the game. I said to her, "Oh, and I've been, I've been, I've been dating. We were dating for a couple of years. I've been dating. Um, you know, I basically told her my best friend, you know, that I used to work with. His name is Dom, as in Dominic, as in not Jewish. Um, and yeah, no, she was like beyond upset. Like she couldn't handle it. Um, she couldn't handle it. She didn't want to hear about it." This went on. I didn't tell her much more about it. Then we got engaged, and I, it took me months to draw up the courage to tell her. I then got pregnant while I was engaged, and then I had to actually say, I'm engaged and I'm pregnant. Um, and non-Jewish men. She, yeah, she couldn't accept it. She said something awful and maybe hung up the phone. She couldn't, she couldn't compute. It was just such a hard thing for her to handle. Um, and it's and almost like having nothing to do with him, just, uh, just this inability to... Um, to compute where yeah. she comes from. So she um, had nothing to do with anything after that. Like, she didn't come to my wedding. I had a beautiful and amazing wedding. I had still look back, and I'm not upset that my mother wasn't at my own wedding. And it, you'd have to know my mother to understand, but in a weird way, it's almost like not her fault. It's like sort of like a framework for thinking where it's like she's having an emotional reaction and can't even help herself. Right. So she, did, so she didn't come to my wedding. My Oh, well, my... Dom actually converted <gasps> so that did? we could have a Jewish wedding and make it more comfortable for my sister um, and my brother and my father um, to come, though they were very accepting of him without it. Um, it was a bit of a fast-forward conversion, but it was, I don't know, it was, you know, it was done, and it was real, and we were able to kind of get married under a chuppah with a rabbi. And um, Dom's really like an atheist, which made him a really, like it's a blank slate where he has a lot of, I think, appreciation for Judaism, but is not someone who's ever gonna be religious. Right. He's really, you know, happy to have our children learn about Judaism and be brought up Jewish as long as we could also open their eyes to other religions. We can still celebrate Christmas at his parents' house and it all be like just one big happy gala. And that's sort of the agreement we have, um, you know, that they go to a very integrated school. So that's sort of the way we've been doing it. So my mother, right? So she has nothing to do with him. She doesn't go to the wedding. I have a baby and then without me even realizing this possibly could ever have happened, it was sort of like a honing instinct. I had a baby and she basically, you know, she knew I was giving birth and all that. And I think as we were getting closer to giving birth, she 
kind of started talking about wanting to buy me a layette or what the baby needs and you could tell she was getting like a little into the fact that I was having a baby yeah. still like no mention of the fact that I got married or have a husband but um I give birth and she's trying to make plans for dropping stuff off at my apartment and coming to visit me in the hospital and I'm like okay cool but you know Dom's here okay great so she basically without even blinking runs to see me at the hospital as soon as I gave birth the way a mother would and should and she met Dom for the first time over my hospital bed like the morning after I had given birth that day and um it was it was it was just sort of hysterical she said in her kind of very almost, I don't know, uh, my mom has no filter, so she'll just say whatever she's thinking. She just walked over to him and she's like, oh, oh, you have something about like, you know, Dom was like chunky maybe at the time, something like, oh, you're like a huggable teddy bear, like like Bob, my husband. And I think she was trying to say that like, I can see why Sandy loves him. He's sort of like, I don't know, you look nice and menchy. <laughs> I can't explain it. She just sort of like looked at him and was like, I can see why Sandy loves you. And but yet insulted. she was in, sort of insulted him at the same time slightly, but I had prepared him for what my mother yeah. was like, and she he knew she like was a, a piece good of work. Meeting compared to what it and I was just sitting there, and she dropped something off at my apartment moments earlier and met his mother before oh, she even met him, and that went well. And she just it just sort of happened, and it was instant, and she just loves him. And it was like she just got over it. It was wow. the weirdest thing. She didn't care that he had, like, when I told her he's converting and all that, she didn't care about it. None of it meant anything to her. But when she met him, and and he's he's super lovable and he's super charming, um, I think she fell in love. And his Hebrew name was changed to Don, as in D-O-N. And that's what she still calls him. She's the only person in our lives that she'll text me and she'll be like, ask Don what he wants me to cook <laughs> for Rosh Hashanah. You know, and, you know, I sent you guys, you know, she'll send us little pamphlets on holidays in an English so that Don can like you know learn more about the holidays and she's not like overbearing about any of the Judaism she loves just having him come over eat the food and like learn whatever and she's um good on her she loves him you know and uh and and I I grew comfortable with the idea that like I was good again for me love conquers all I mean love is more important than anything so I was basically prepared to leave my family for Don a, we had worked too hard to be together. Yeah. B, I don't think there's another human being in the universe I can be with. And C, they're going to have to get over it. Or that Dom was my future, they are my past is sort of how I looked at it. And I had to create this division because I had to be prepared to walk away from my family. And so it was such a beautiful added plus that I didn't have to do. Yeah. And that only for a year or two was it strained. And you just fought for what you knew was right and yet it all kind of worked out. In, in the, and I well, didn't think about any end, of it. But, yeah. Like for me, like... Um, you know, I don't know if some people consider me like a deeply emotional person, but I kind of am. And I felt like um, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. That's how it felt. Like for me, I wasn't like it wasn't logical. It wasn't like I had to like convince myself. It was sort of just what I was going to do. Um, and now I forget that any of that happened. Sometimes I forget that I almost didn't have a relationship with my parents. Um, my dad, you should know, is from Israel and didn't care about any of this. He just loves people and was going to love Dom no matter what. Um, and now they're, you know, they're certainly a big part of my kids' lives. And and anyway, so so that's where we are. And uh, That's amazing. Every now and then we talk about how much it took for us to be together. Um, and we just appreciate it. That's so cool. It's like we created our own drama. Though. When I look back, I make it seem like, and the war got in the way. But it's really just we got in the way, yeah, right? I think just... The <laughs> learnings of life, right? They were, like, yeah. I yeah. Know when you talk about, like, now being 29, and I think about when I was 23, 24, like, 
you just were learning. You're just going through <clears throat> you're just, yeah. life. And you've got to mess up to get to where you you're going. To. And that's why like, I was thinking about when I was lying in bed last night, the word mistake, how it seems like a negative. And yet it's it's the only thing that's really going to bring you positives in life because that's when you're going to learn and that's when you're going to figure out what you no. you, know, you really care about and or, or mistake or whatever. Like, you know, just... Um, no, no, that's fuck up. <laughs> no, you but, have to fuck up, and yeah. you have to, um, and you have to, and it's funny. Like I feel like, <clears throat> no, Dom and I were talking about the concept of like no regrets, or and he's like, no, you need to have, you need to have regrets in order to learn, in order to make a choice, yeah. regret it, and learn and do it differently. You know, and I think um, if you were to say what's my, you know, my number one thing about Dom, or you know, the person I would need to have been be with, um, I, I study the Alexander technique. And my teacher always says this about people. She goes, some people want to do the work. Some people don't. And what she means by do the work, it's the work of bettering yourself. Yeah. The work of a relationship, the work of what it means to evolve as a human being, to self-analyze, to go, I didn't like the way I did that. I'm going to do it differently this time. I'm going to work really hard towards this goal, this personal goal, this fulfillment. And and Dom has always been that person. And, and I feel like that's the only way we can grow. Like, if he wasn't that person... Yeah. It, it wouldn't work because I think that's actually why some marriages don't work. Like one person's growing while the other person isn't. You also have to be growing in the same direction for things to work. But that constant, it's not like we don't, while we obviously were like effortlessly meant to be together, it's not like we don't work our asses off at this relationship, yeah. especially with kids. Like we, we work hard on the relationship all the time. Yeah. It's, I, don't, I don't think any but relationship is effortless. Me either. And I also think if it's effortless, well then... I don't know how long that's going to last or still be enjoyable or um, learn from it. Or how real it is. But, yeah, but I also think that when you look at anything in your life that is rewarding and fulfilling, it's something that you're working bloody hard at. So, like, I don't know why we expect that. Um, I think there's this feeling of like, oh, if it's meant to be, it should be easy. And, you know, there might be relationships like that. Like, you you know, every now and then you like meet some old couple that's been together for 70 years and they're like, we've never fought or whatever. And, and maybe it's possible. Maybe, yeah. But, but I think it's not my personality. personality. Yeah, I, was gonna say. I was about to say, it's a certain personality that would be attracted to that. Yeah. And other personalities would be um, like, no, thank you. I think, yeah. yeah, I'm probably drawn to some sort of conflict sometimes. I think I can be very, you know, I think our personality, we're both stubborn people. So maybe given the kind of people we are. Um, that's the way some people are. You need to have conflict sometimes or work to get out the other side. Um, so yeah. what's the story you thought it was going to be? Uh, I don't know. I tried not to think about it, but I love it. I love. Can you watch When Harry Met Sally, though? I've seen it a billion times. Did you? I yeah. thought you said you didn't No, like no, 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 oh. no. Quintessential movie. Yeah. No, of course. I love oh, those best friend God. movies. Yeah. The Falling from My Best Friend. I thought friend you stuff. said you didn't like it. I was like, are you kidding? Your no, 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 no. I'm, I'm a total sucker for those movies. Okay, no, no. I, yeah. Anyway. Um, we have to get back to work. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you going to look at me differently? Yeah. Get Andrew. <laughs> it's my bad. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Sandy. I love it. Thanks for it. having me. Mm-hmm.